As kids, we have three numbers drilled into our memories: nine, one, one. If our house is broken into or we're in a car accident, we're taught to call the police. Nine one one. What's the nature of your emergency? We have been socialized some, from infancy that these are the people who protect you. That's Stephanie Jones Rogers. She's an assistant professor of history at UC Berkeley. You know, although African Americans learn very quickly that <laughs> that's not always the case for them, but it's kind of ingrained into who we are. Jones Rogers is an expert in African American history. She says there has always been a different set of rules for African Americans in our society. She brings up the recent exoneration of the police officer Geronimo Yanez, who shot and killed Philando Castile during a traffic stop in Minnesota last year. Oh my God! Please don't tell me he's dead. Tonight we are hearing the moment two Minnesota police officers pull up behind Philando Castile's car. I have reason to pull it over. The two occupants just look like the people that were involved in our robbery. A video of the stop showed that the officer shot after Castile told him he had a firearm in the car that he was licensed to carry. Yanez's attorney claims the officer had reason to pull Castile over and reason to use deadly force. This incident had nothing to do with race and everything to do with the presence of a gun. The very idea、um, of a black man with a legally obtained、uh, firearm is almost, you know, almost an oxymoron. Jones Rogers says that the idea that African-descended people aren't legally allowed to carry weapons goes back to the 17th century, when Africans first arrived in what is now the U.S. After 1619, there were some people of African descent who were indentured servants. They worked terms from four to seven years of labor. If they completed the terms, they secured their freedom, and they had the rights to bear arms to to hold specific. Kinds of public office、um, to be on militias to own property, but as time went on, their rights were rolled back. In 1639, it was written into law that all people except African Americans could quote be with arms and ammunition. And in 1669, the quote casual killing of slaves became legal. By the end of the 17th century, slavery was a full-fledged institution, and the rights of the once free African-descended people mirrored the rights of the enslaved. Jones Rogers says the same thing happened after the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863. The year after emancipation, you have every Southern state passing what they call Black Codes, which criminalized Black freedom. And flash forward to 2017, Jones Rogers says the same kinds of rules apply to African Americans today. It's the same system, she says, but with a different name. In this particular era, it very much reminds me of you know the lynching era because the thing that they said was that well, if black people just stop committing crime, that's what they say now. If black people just stop committing crimes, they won't be shot. You know, if black people start following the rules, they won't be shot. They say the same thing when men were castrated. And and hung. In cases like the Castile case, says Jones Rogers, a jury is asked to determine whether a police officer is justified in having had quote reasonable fear for his or her life in that circumstance. So they are actually, you know, compelling jurors to become psychologists in in some way or or telepaths. Asking jurors to crawl into the minds of police officers, she says, doesn't work. 
First, because many of them have been conditioned to sympathize with police officers. And second, because throughout our history, we've all been socialized to associate blackness with criminality. And this has shaped people's fear. Where are the limits to this reasonable fear? I mean, there is a point at which I think it's quite unreasonable um, to be fearful. So this is, this is um, you know, basically a loophole that the Supreme Court, um, in making this ruling, has offered to officers who, even if in the line of duty and even if, you know, they may not um, actually fear for their lives, they have a go-to. Jones-Rogers says that the U.S. legal system, which continues to criminalize African Americans and decriminalize violence against them, needs to change. For that to happen, she says, Americans need to reckon with our nation's history, one that's based upon slavery. We've not had, um, you know, we have not reckoned with that, that, that past. And I'm not the only one that says this, but I think that it, it haunts us. Rather than say, okay, perhaps this is, you know, kind of, um, you know, connected to and grounded in the kind of racial injustices and discriminatory policies and ideas that emerged from out of slavery, they say, oh, well, they must be committing crimes, you know? So it's like, how do we justify what's happening rather than, you know, really taking it, taking, you know, a very honest look at ourselves and saying, this is what we've always done. And now we need to do something different. Stephanie Jones Rogers is the author of Mistresses of the Market, White Women and the Economy of American Slavery to be published in 2018. 